Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12. Coming to you from a bunker in the Pacific Northwest, this is Mikey. And Carly. And this is the Midnight Picture Show. Fair listeners. Hello. Episode 13. Ooh. Yes, we made it to 13. 13, 13 dead, end, dead End Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Who lived there? The monsters. The monsters. Yeah, duh. Why do you say who lived there? I know that because no, of you. I know. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I forgot the thing that's essential to my life. <laughs> so here we are, October 15th. It's our third episode? Third for October episode. Third October episode, nice. yes. Yeah, we are Myth deep in flying Halloween. by. I know. October is is flying by, and I have not watched nearly as many scary movies as I wanted when have to. We had time. We haven't. That's the problem. <laughs> That's, That's the problem. And then our our we dedicate it to this. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. about that. At least we get one dedicated, guaranteed scary movie a week. A week. And you and know what? Always all out. of them, with the exception of the one today. Yeah, I haven't seen. So yeah. it's like a film education for me. Yeah. <laughs> this week we watched a little gem. <laughs> I always say that. I've noticed. I always say a little gem. A little gem. Yeah, you for right? sure Even do. It's like, like, Make a shirt. Uh, a little gem. Perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> Star Wars: A New Hope. A little indie <laughs> film. Well, we watched Reanimator from 1985. This movie we had seen previously. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't really remember it too much. Nope. I didn't remember any of it. Did we watch the whole thing? I don't I think feel so. like you were distracted, like you were doing I, something, like cross-stitching or guaranteed. crafting or yeah, something. Yeah, I was probably doing like a diamond art or something. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there were a few things that I remembered, and there was a lot of things that I forgot. For sure. About this. Um, one thing that is actually kind of cool about this movie, it is based on uh, a series a, a series of novelettes by H.P. Lovecraft called Herbert West Reanimator. And so uh, I've never, I didn't do too much research on these particular stories or novelettes, uh, and which is. I'm not familiar, which shame on me. Right. I mean, but... it, you know, and that's the thing is uh, apparently these particular stories were kind of hard to come by because they oh. didn't really put them in a lot of the H.P. Lovecraft collections. Well, then I feel better. Yeah. No, <laughs> actually, and, and there's a thing the director, Stuart Gordon, uh, who directed this, uh, kind of had a had to track them down at the Chicago Public Library because uh, he couldn't find them anywhere Interesting. else. Interesting. Um, Good job, library. Yay, libraries yay, for the win. Yay, libraries. So uh, there's a couple of things about this movie. We'll kind of jump into it. You know, I, I think it uh, definitely has a huge cult following and, and more so not just because of the subject matter itself, but I think also because of the main actor, the yes. the star of this movie, Jeffrey Combs, you know, there he has become somewhat of a cult icon similar to like Bruce Campbell. Uh-huh. That's and that's exactly what you said to me. Yeah. He's, so of course I focused on him. I mean it's hard to not focus on him. Yeah. The whole time. And that's actually something that I kind of like wrote in my notes was like, was it really bad acting? Or was it really good acting? Right. You know? Right. I have. <laughs> and I that's have... why I like it. Like that. Yes. Those are the kind of movies I like, where it's like, 
do they know that they're in like a B movie? Right. It's, or they like they think they're gonna get like an Academy. Oh, Award. this is Oscar worthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it is time for us to jump into the autopsy report. <laughs> Reanimator, 1985, directed by Stuart Gordon. He attended the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, he couldn't get into the film classes, so he enrolled in theater classes as well. Apparently, uh, there was uh, very competitive to get into the film classes without any prior work. So it was the kind of thing where he was like, well, I'll just take theater classes anyway, right? In uh, 1968, he directed a stage adaptation of Peter Pan, but he made it a political satire. Oh, well. Um, Well, because of that, (laughs) he was actually arrested on obscenity charges and, yeah, that were brought forth on Uh him from the university. What? University of Wisconsin. And I thought this was really, really weird. 1968, yeah. you know, the summer of love, you yeah. know, political upheaval, Vietnam. Like, yeah, I'm like, the hey, University Kennedy? of Wisconsin, I mean, unless, I, I don't know how this was, but it sounds like to me the University of Wisconsin, like, really had a super conservative streak. Apparently. If they were that I mean, bothered I, by this to get him arrested. I wonder if there was, let's just say, like, nudity in the, in the stage play. Like, right. Or something like a ridiculous amount or of nudity, whatever. or right, right. But it also happened to be a political satire, and so the two things just combined. You know what I mean? Was so enough. like historically speaking, they say like, oh, it was a political satire, and he was what arrested or whatever, right? Um, but really, it was like because there was like nudity. Yeah, you know what it I mean? Could have been, right, and that was what the charge was. was yeah, obscenity, right? yeah. So he, uh, this kerfuffle with. <laughs> Kerfuffle, let's call it, (laughs) with the University of Wisconsin in Madison caused him to drop out. He just said, forget it. I'm done with this. So him and his wife. uh, Oh, he was married? I don't know if he was married at the time or he was with the woman woman. who would become his wife. Him and his wife, Carolyn, formed the Organic Theater. It was a theater group. And uh, he took the theater group to Chicago. And uh, he later joined... uh, a production company called Empire Pictures, and he directed their first major hit, which was The Reanimator oh. in 1985. Wow. Um, so it's the kind of thing where, and this all makes sense now that you it does. keep this in mind. Yeah. He has a very theatrical background. It is, yes. Not, not film. particularly film, yeah. theatrical background. And so the kind of acting, the kind of scenes yes. that uh-huh. are put forth. I feel would really have a lot of teeth given it was a stage production. Yes. Yes. Um, unfortunately, he died in March 2020. Oh, man. Um, it said something to do with, with multiple organ failure, but it did not say it was COVID-related because that was right in the throes right, of COVID. Right. When um, it could have been... I mean, you could argue it was misdiagnosed, but organ failure... Organ failure. That's a little different. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, if we're talking about the cast, now there are, I, I don't want to just kind of brush over all these, but I'm totally going to. <laughs> um, there are a lot of talented actors in this film. Yeah, for sure. Um, but my main focus and laser-like focus was on Jeffrey Combs. Who well, yeah, played... I mean, you can't, like, yes. <laughs> right, right. You can't, you can't not... not look at him. I mean, that's like saying, I'm going to talk about Evil Dead, and, and but not but talk not talk about, about Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Like, you cannot do it. Yeah. 
He played, obviously, the main character, Herbert West, the reanimator. Jeffrey Combs grew up in California, graduated from the University of Washington in Seattle. UW. Get out. UW. UW. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> um, he graduated from the Professional Actors Training Program, which sounds awesome. Yeah, it does sound That cool. sounds like an amazing program. His first role was in a film called Honky Tonk Freeway. He was so well known for horror after Reanimator that he that in uh, he was in many horror films in the late '90s and early 2000s. A lot of these you will know. Uh, he was in The House on Haunted Hill. Get out! In 1999, I love that movie. Yes, Fear.com in oh, I 2002. Saw it, but I, know I did it. see that movie. The Frighteners in 1996. Wait. Is that the one where with Michael J. Fox in the yes. with the walls? Yes. That movie terrified me. I know. Me, but I was also it's confused because it was funny. It's like a horror comedy. <laughs> I know. Yes. And I was too young to understand that that uh, right. was a genre. Yes. It was a thing. <laughs> and he was in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer this season. Oh, sequel. get out. Yes. Wow. He also appeared. Now, this makes sense. As like main characters or just like. Well, I know in House on a Haunted Hill, he was like the, like, the he, evil doctor. Well, and honestly, you say that and I'm like, that. I feel like I can. Picture him. Yeah, because because House on Haunted Hill, if I remember correctly, I think LL Cool J was in that movie, mm-hmm. and the house I remember that had this awesome kind of like Art Deco thirty style, yes. and it was like overlooking on a cliff. Yes, and he, I remember they see him creeping around as like a ghost on security footage. Yeah, and I'm not even kidding. He's doing like the Grinch walk, <laughs> like how the Grinch with his hands up, creeping like high knees, Dracula. Uh, like, like if Dracula was done by like a high school production, <laughs> well, I'm like Nosferatu. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how he was walking, and I remember watching. I was like, "This is whack." But now knowing what I now know, now you him, know. Go, um, if he didn't walk like that, I'd be like, "This is stupid." That's not him. That's not him. <laughs> that's not Jeffrey Combs. This is dumb. So, uh, I, I remember when I described this movie last episode when I when I first intro- yeah. said that's what we we're gonna watch. Yeah. I said that this movie kind of has like a weird sci fi cult following similar to like you know, Doctor Who. I said there was some kind of sci fi something about it. Well I got to the bottom of why I said that is because he also has appeared in many, many, many episodes through multiple generations of Star Trek. Ridiculous. So He's become like a nerd icon. Oh my god! He also has done many voices amongst the DC animated universe cool. in the That's movies cool. and TV shows. Yeah. So like Mark Hamill. Basically, basically, <laughs> I mean, he like I would say he's not the same level he's as Mark less, Hamill, less but famous Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you took less Mars, talented. If, Question mark. I'm not gonna say We're going less. Going back to is it bad acting? Or good acting. I mean, it's schmacting you like. I don't know. Okay, yeah, it's entertaining schmacting. I mean, that's the main the main actor I really wanted to focus on. Well, I mean, it's like impossible to not focus on him. Right. So, a uh, quick synopsis here. After an odd new medical student arrives on campus, a dedicated local and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments involving the reanimation of dead tissue. Yeah, so I mean, as far as like notable scenes go, uh, the first and foremost thing that stands out to me is the very opening credits. I'm a huge fan of Psycho, the movie. 
obviously uh-huh. the Alfred Hitchcock masterpiece. Yes. I um, mean, Norman Bates is tattooed on his arm. My inner arm has Norman Bates' face oh, it's tattooed. Beautiful. It is amazing. I remember watching this when we sat down to watch it, and the entire opening sequence was like beat for beat, like music-wise, the oh, the music to Psycho. And I was like, wait, what? what Did movie they steal are we watching? this? <laughs> because it obviously wasn't Psycho. I'm no, very familiar you know how that movie opens. But yeah. it was very, like, uh, to the point where I was like, uh, no, like someone... Copyright. So there's copyright strike, <laughs> copyright infringement, something's happening. Well, I did a little research and found that, like, basically the person who did the music for this wanted to replicate the score for Psycho as closely as humanly possible. Without copyright. Without copyright. (laughs) Infringement. It's like the Harry Potter recorder. (laughs) But Psycho. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, so that was one thing that stood out to me, um... The, the first, like, major scene... So, when you first meet the character, uh, you know, played by Jeffrey Combs, this is the thing, and, and I'll say it again and again, and this is the hill I'm going to die on. He made this movie. Yeah. If he was not in this movie, if they cast someone playing this character, like, a straight man, like, you know, stone-cold, serious character... This movie, dare I say, would suck. I agree. Like, that's the first description I find with this movie is it's campy. Yes. If he wasn't in it, right. it would not be campy. No. It would just be it bad. Was, like, I I pick, I mentioned this Like, one. I enjoyed it because of him. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. I mentioned this uh, about a Night of the Demons where everyone kind of was, like, on the same page. Here... He was the he was the book. Yeah. Like no one else was even in the freaking <laughs> library. Like he was the book. Like yeah. it, you know, everyone else played it as kind of like these like, you know, average kind of 80s slasher yeah. flick like, "Hey, what's going on?" And he comes in and he has this look, this look of superiority like Oh my gosh. Like yes. he has like the look of like Maleficent. Ooh. Where he just looks down on everyone. Yeah. He is superior and he has a very distinct way yeah. of speaking. Yeah. Like he's speaking slowly so you Sl- understand. Deliberate. You are yeah. an idiot. Yes. Let me tell you. Yeah. Like he and uh, there's so many things like um I don't know he he purses his lips mm-hmm. in such a way where it almost has a little bit of a like a snarky frankenfurter like ah! Not with, with minus the sexual. the sexual stuff. Absolutely not <laughs> no, a no, not no. a drop of sexuality. I think he's asexual. Yeah, absolutely asexual. I don't think he cares. Like I think if a woman came on to him, he'd be, he'd like, be like, "You'll disgust. Get your filthy paws off me." When you die, you I'll find out. Yeah, I'll reanimate I'll you. I'll reanimate you <laughs> and see if your lungs are like, savable. Yeah. <laughs> no, the thing I kept thinking with his look because he kind of he's a short stature. Um, you know, physique, but he always looked like he was looking down on everybody. Yes. And it gave me this, this thing, for, and it was from Harry Potter, where he seemed like anyone around him smelled. Yeah. he. Ca- it's like they all, like he always had a bad smell right under, under his nose. And it was because of you. Because of you. Yeah. Because he, yes, no, Carly is 100% correct. He, in as far as like the physicality of these actors, he, his stature was much shorter than He's most. Short, yeah. If not almost all of the people, but I think he was. He's, that yeah, he's look, very short. 
that look and that that he was the air, biggest person in the room. He was the biggest. Well, and so the thing that I liked is obviously he is interested in dead bodies for the purpose of reanimating them. Right. He wants to see if he can. He was bring, like a mad scientist. He wants to conquer life. Right. Basically, and so what I thought was interesting is he has this being around anybody you stink. Right. I. Why am I around you? You're filth. But the decomposing bodies. Yes. He's completely fine. Well, and like he's not excited. Fine as in he's almost like he's. He's excited to do his work. Right. They don't smell. They don't smell to him. You they know don't what bother I mean? like, him. It doesn't bother him like right. how a, just you in the room do. I, I'm gonna float something out there. Do you feel that he thinks that humans reach their full potential in death, and that's why he respects the dead more than the living? I just think he sees potential. For, like I don't think he sees a person because he wants I to play God. I think he just God. sees an experiment. An experiment. Yeah, and I I've think heard, I've read point, that a lot in reviews. Yeah, of this, I've playing seen, God. at this point he's already convinced himself that he knows how to conquer death and bring life back. Yes. He just has to figure out how to make them not crazy zombies. Yeah. That's yeah, the only that's, thing holding that's it back. That's the, the the whole linchpin of this movie mm-hmm. here is it's an imperfect system. When you first see him, he has already created this it. serum mm-hmm. that you find a dead person uh, or dead thi- any Anything. living thing and you inject it with this serum it's all about the dosage is the problem and, and that a small dose can just kind of like awaken someone, but a large dose makes them, you know, like, like, like a, a zombie like, yeah. but then a huge dose, and it, it goes, I mean, it goes over it'll like, re-kill them. it'll, yeah. And so, <laughs> um, the first victim in this that you see in this is, uh, the, the cat. So, um, oh, yeah, his roommate, mystery, yeah. his roommate, uh, his name's Dan Kane, and uh, he has a cat named Rufus. Uh, his it's actually his girlfriend's cat. But it lives with him. I was it, very well, the, confused. It, Megan and Dan live together. They with, do. Yeah, they do. Or I didn't she think they did. she hangs out. I don't know. It's All one right, of those things like I sleep over his house, but every day, and you're like, all my okay, stuff's there. You live there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you live and so the cat, it's a black cat. Uh, winds up dead, and it's still a mystery. Don't know how it died, but you, it's it's. Alluded to that, that Herbert he, kills him. Yeah, that the yeah that the science student yeah. killed him. Yeah. Uh, when so what they do is this cat like he is almost dissected. His oh. his intestines are out. I mean, um, it looks like roadkill. Honestly, yeah, it does. Maybe. He it, was hit by a maybe. Uh, fair listeners, uh, this isn't one of those parts in the movie where you're like, oh my god, does the dog die? Oh yeah, because no. this is literally the fakest looking cat. It looks so like, fake. Like I've seen realer cats yeah, in the Halloween toy aisle. decorations. Yeah, at like, it looks the dollar like one store. of those like like ragdoll type cats that you put on your lap to like yeah. pretend you have a pretend real cat. Pretend you have a real cat. Yeah, <laughs> or those for real a fur real for real. Yeah, yeah where basically, it purrs. It when you purrs. Pet it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what he does is he injects the cat and he injects such a small dose that it, it kind of just regains consciousness, but its body is still mangled. So all it's, it's doing pain. is just like screaming. Yeah. And so honestly that, but then it attacks could them. be, yeah, it, yeah. It's like, this I don't know how it's cat. able to move, but whatever. Right. It, it, yeah, it definitely attacks them. So they basically have to like re-kill it because it it's like gone on the loose. Um, that there's a, a little funny quote that, um, 
when Dan, oh. <laughs> yeah, when Dan confronts him, he's like, "Well, what happened to the cat?" And then Herbert gives him this this random story, like, "Oh, the poor beast got his head stuck in a jar and he suffocated and and he what? died. So I freed him, you know, what whatever. That's heck? what he tells him. And that. then so then he puts the cat's body in the fridge, in the fridge. to keep it fresh." And then he's like, well, why are you hiding it from us? And he's like, what do you want me to do? Leave a note on the fridge? Cat dead. Details later. <laughs> and and so, like, but the way he says it, I'm like, oh, you are such, you're so snarky. Oh, I just realized just it's like kind of like the, he is, yes, 100%. He is. That's he's the a thing. He's team. so immature. Yes. While also being, like, probably the most so mature. <laughs> he has a, a his superiority complex is just off uh, the rails. Yes, but I love it. But yeah. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> so basically, he kind of ropes Dan, his roommate, into helping him carry out his his experiments. experiments. And so they sneak into a morgue in the school. Which is a medical well, school. Well, and I was confused. Dan is also a student. He's Dan's he? a medical student, but like he, to a much lesser degree. His girlfriend degree. is the dean of the medical school's daughter. Daughter, right. And and the dean does not approve of this relationship. I remember that. Or it's like a secret or something. Yeah. Like, the dean should not know. Because Dan is not like a good student. No. And it's the kind of thing where he only wants his daughter with like Ivy League You're material. Right, right. You know, that kind of trope. But basically what they do is, uh, you know, Dan and Herbert kind of like, they they team up of sorts. It's a, let's say it's a relationship of convenience where Dan is stupid enough to go yeah. along with what Herbert wants to do. And Herbert is just going to continue to like play God. He's just ambitious. Yeah. There's one scene where Herbert encounters a doctor, uh, Dr. Hill, who I, I mean, they painted this picture like they were rivals, even though they were separated by, like, 20 Se- years. Oh, even more. Or this more. guy was much older. Yeah, and, like, so Dr. Hill is a professor at this medical institute, and he put out a paper saying that the that when a human dies, their brain dies after, what, like, However four, many four seconds, seconds eight yeah. seconds. And... You know, uh, obviously Herbert has something to say about this. So he disagrees. He disagrees. Yeah, he says that like his research is like decades out of out of date. Out of yes, date. Yeah. yes. And the and the teacher, the professor, how dare gets you really spout offended. this drivel? Yeah, he's here. like, how dare you teach them yeah. out of date information? Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have like anything to back that up. But at the same time, you believe him. You're like, yeah, it is. Well, out of he date. can't say what his research what? is because <laughs> it's, it's literally. I've been killing people and reanimating them. It's like, how do you know this? Oh, well, a guy told me and some stuff. They literally told me. He told me and some, you know. But there's a scene that stuck out to me, and it, it, I could not look away. But there's a scene where Herbert's in one of his medical classes, and they're talk, and as Doctor Hill, who's very calm and collected during this is removing a cadaver's yes. brain. Oh. And so you see him cut around the scalp of a of a cadaver, peel the scalp back, exposing the skull. Yeah. Taking a very, you know, like a like a saw, sawing around the cranium, removing the top of the skull, exposing the brain, removing the ex- incredibly gelatinous brain. Stop. It was like a jello mold. Yes, it was. I mean, so when I was in high school, we did a dissection on a sheep's brain. 
You did? I did. We went to the same school. Girl, biochem all I di- was not. All I dissected. You were in biochem? Yes. All I dissected was a worm and a frog. And even yes. then I didn't do it. My lab partner did it. No, we dissected like a frog, a fish, a worm. Oh, a fish. A sheep's brain. What? Yes. And so a she- So we had the sheep's brain. Oh my and God. And at least maybe it was because of the preservative that it was in, but it was very firm. This in the movie was like, so it looked like a jello mold. Like, and, and just the way it, it jiggled. It really did. Like, I was waiting to see like jello salad. Oh God. <laughs> Is that pineapple in there? Mm. And like, you see like the, where the brain stem goes. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, effects wise. Bravo. It was cool. Bravo. Like, the skull being removed, that, that was dope. Lo- it looked damn real. It was horrible. Like As real I've, as I know. I've, I'm not a medical student. I've but. been reading or listening to an audiobook of a very graphic murder mystery, mm. and that was a little too visceral little for too me at the same time as like having listened to mm. something very similar in right. my book. Woo! And I mean, I was a little inebriated while watching because I usually have a drink with yeah, me. Yeah, we usually get not, down. Not, it was not a good time not for a good me. Time. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, I couldn't look away, and I rem- I put my hand up to like block the TV, and then my hand was down, and I just couldn't stop watching. No, no, I I know that Doctor Hill was explaining something. Which, oh, no According idea. to Herbert's reaction, was controversial. Yeah, but I could not look away. Nope. That was I was like enthralled. It was a really good effect. It was. Uh, there's there's a scene later on. Obviously, this kind of rivalry begins between Doctor Hill, mm-hmm. who is very suspicious that Herbert is doing something because that he shouldn't be doing. He's he's dropped hints about like, oh, I know the secret yeah, to life. After yes, exactly to life itself. Uh, Herbert actually kills Doctor Hill. He cuts his head off. He decapitates him with like a with shovel. A shovel. Which is pretty gnarly. Yeah. And then he uses the reanimation serum on the head and the body separately. separately. And he, the whole point is he does it very soon after death. Yes. Because he wants to see if the serum has an effect based on t- like time of death. Right. Because like, and it makes sense if somebody has, if a cadaver has been dead for a week. Right. Then the chance of quote unquote a soul still being attached or consciousness, is, right? Because the less brain likely. decay or whatever, yeah. right? So he wants to test, and this is important because he does it a couple times. Like, yeah, he specifically wants to test right after death, fresh, dead, but like he's fresh dead meat. He, like he actually, it's funny because he he became a m- obsession with with being, creating life, with creating he life. He became a, a murderer. murderer. Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. and it, like uh, I've read a lot of reviews, and and you know. Um, I guess analysis of this particular scenes and stuff where it's his God complex that comes through. This is where that, that God complex comes through and knowing that it is a Lovecraft story really makes sense because we all know in a sense, HP Lovecraft kind of had a very skewed view of reality. Well, and I feel like he himself, I mean, this is a whole literary analysis right. thing that we could go into. But, like, he, in a sense, kind of had a God complex because yeah. he felt he felt superior to a lot of different people. A lot of different races. And a lot of his... And gender. Um, yeah. But a lot of his books are about God-like God-like creatures. beings that uh-huh. are, like, that, that are or just... Or just controlling humans, like yeah. the island. I forgot what that one's called. It's like the Hunger Games. Oh, right. It's a whole island where the rich, the wealthy hunt... 
um, civilians. Mm. I forgot what it's called. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Like, he focused so much on superiority, so it makes sense for that to come through yeah. in this movie, you know. I mean, I feel like the, the character Herbert is him, like that. Him, for sure. The, yeah, Herbert, and for Dr. sure. And Dr. Hill. And Dr. Hill. Yeah, they both have that. And I think that's why Dr. Hill was such a good um, nemesis, if mm-hmm. you will, because he, too, has a god complex. Right. He's much older than this kid. And now all of a sudden this young guy is coming and telling him he's wrong. Right. And that however many of of uh decades he's been studying this and now all of a sudden some guy's telling him wrong. And then even worse is he's proven wrong because right. the young guy legitimately discovered this serum. Yeah. And it's it, yeah, it's such a twist of the knife that not only is he putting forth this reanimation serum, but I'm testing it on your dead body. Yeah, right? Yes. Like, to prove to yeah. you. The movie does, honestly, towards the end, take a little bit of a turn. Ugh. Okay, a lot Ugh. of bit of a turn. It kind of flies off a cliff. I know. Like, like Thelma honestly, Louise style. that's what I, like, one of my biggest things is I really enjoy this movie. I do. Right. Until, like, a specific scene. If this one scene just wasn't in it, I well, would be. It reminds me, like, with Evil Dead. Like, I love Evil Dead, except for the, the, the forest tree, with the, the, tree fl- rape with the vines. Scene. Yeah. The tree rape scene. And that's kind of yeah. how this would yeah. the girl. It's, it's, Dr. Hill, once he's injected with the serum, both his head and his body, his head actually becomes sentient and becomes telepathic. Yes. And I, starts to be so able... Random. It was so Right. And it starts to actually be able to control... The other, like it, anyone he's lobotomized, yes, he can control telepathically, yes, and so that's kind of he's starting to develop like an army of the undead. Now, you're gonna laugh or maybe cringe. That was actually part of the Lovecraft story. Oh, I'm not surprised, okay, I'm because not surprised. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, and then I found out that Lovecraft, I was like, too, no way, well, it's almost too weird to not be Lovecraft. to not be right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the scene Carly was talking about, uh, Megan, D- Dan, Kane's girlfriend, it's the Dean's daughter, the Dean's daughter, the Dean's daughter. And the Dean died. The Dean died. He re-animated. was reanimated. He was a zombie. Right. So then Dr. Hill lobotomized him. Right. Before he was killed. Yeah. Dan, so Megan gets like kidnapped by Dr. Hill's body. Who, he loves her. Yeah, he has this very Ugh, like kind a Lolita of thing Obsession. Going on. I mean, she's an adult, but still she it's like young, she looks very young and it's this kind of creepy, extreme age difference kind of deal. And so... And it's like her dad's friend. Yeah. That's so the that's equivalent. where I'm like, he like saw her grow up. Even worse. Ugh. Even worse. Ugh. So he like straps her to a table, naked. an exam table, naked, and his his headless body is holding his head, and his headless body like hovers his head all across her body and, and various licks locations. her boobs yeah. and actually works his way down to between her legs. her legs, and only then does her screams like. Trigger, oh, trigger her dad, her, her zombie, her dad. zombified dad, and he who's like, in the room, who's in the room, like just like she farting around the corner. Yeah, she could see him. Like, what the hell is going Ugh. on? Yeah, it seems like that. So that kind of they tap into a tragic aspect. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad for her. Right, but that's the thing. Oh my worst night ever. You really start. You really felt like, oh my god, this is horrible, but. 
when you see Herbert flaunting around, like he's like, you know, the Medici, like, oh, you filth, <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah. You, you're like, well, that seems out of place. Yeah. It just seems out of it's place. It so, kind of jumbled. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it did not fit. It didn't it, fit. It didn't fit. And I actually found out that they had cast someone else for that role. And she was getting ready to film scenes and everything. Her mom just happened to read the script and oh. saw that scene and pulled her out. She said, like, you're not doing this movie. Really? So then they cast this actress. And then something with this actress, like, after she filmed it. Yeah. Um, Kind of a similar thing. Like, she filmed it. It was in the premiere. And I think, um, oh, her husband. No, no, the Dr. Hill. Um, So he filmed the whole scene basically with, like, however they managed to make it look like he was between her legs. And then obviously looking on her chest, during the premiere, his wife walked out. Really? Because she didn't know. She was, like, embarrassed? She didn't know that they made uh, any kind... She didn't know he had any sort of sexual scene at all. What? Yeah. He didn't say nothing? Like an idiot. What do you oh think's gonna happen God. at the premiere? She, the reanimator. Oh no, it's a, a movie about um uh, uh, dead cats. Dead cats coming and, back. Uh, Not dead anymore. <laughs> uh, motion pictures. It's a cartoon She's like, movie. Like the musical? No, the no. <laughs> Zombie cat what? musical. <laughs> Basically, the only way, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where the the villain starts off as Herbert, right? Mm -hmm. And you immediately kind of see him like, nah, he's shady. He's uh, something's up. But then he almost kind of turns into an anti-hero. Because Dr. Hill becomes the true villain. And it's a little switcheroo at the end. It is, it is. Yeah, and it did kind of play with my emotions because Herbert died, or it's presumed he dies at the end. Right. And I was sad. I was like, no, come back. Don't I was die. like, oh, I liked you. I know. I was like, come on. I and I knew like that there you. were like two other ones. So yeah. I just assumed he was in those. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then when he died, I was like, wait. What Herbert does to kind of kill the monster, the headless monster that Hill has become, is he takes two full syringes of his glowing green reanimation Stuff. serum and injects his body with it. And that's when you see the extreme result of overdose Overdose, with this stuff. So it doesn't just resume consciousness, but it also, it almost made it sound, made it look like his organs become sentient. I don't remember, honestly. Yeah. So he injects him with two full syringes and then the body starts like morphing, convulsing. And then it, it, eventually the torso falls to the ground and the chest cavity busts open with all the smoke and stuff and like the organs are look like solid like nerf footballs and they like fly out (laughs) and then uh herbert his like last words to dan as dan is rescuing uh megan Uh and running away he's like he's like protect my work like protect my work yeah and so Dan takes his bag with the syringes and he leaves. But the the torso that's open, his like intestines shoot out, wrap around Herbert's Meg- neck. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And yes. pulls and pull Herbert him. in. And that's basically yeah. the last you see of yeah. him. Yeah. Which is so strange. And it's assumed that he died he or died. choked out or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing that there were a lot of memorable scenes in this movie 
on the whole, when I look at all of it, I could see why it's a cult movie. Yeah, for sure. I could see why it dabbles in the world of science fiction. Hands down, that you know, the actor is is oh, yeah. the he's the main attraction. In he this. is just like an enigma, right? You know, like he is a mystery wrapped up in an enigma. Yeah, I mean, like Jeffrey Combs. I, it's the kind of thing where. Like I said in the beginning, if he played this as like Deadwood, stale, if, if he took it very else, seriously, it if it was anybody else, it, it wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. And and he just kind of has that swagger and this kind of superiority air about him mm-hmm. that that it makes the movie. Uh, when I look at from beginning to end, it, it it is a little jumbled. Like I feel like it loses pace around the middle. Well, and it makes sense now. Knowing now that this was the director's first movie, right? Then I'm like, oh, I got it. he. He didn't have the practice or the right. know how, the pacing, yeah, to get pacing and um, like a substantial like through line, right? Of of chrono like chronological order of like this should happen then this then this and that's what makes the right. most sense, right? Like I think he got excited and he had like a vision of what he wanted to do, and it got jumbled as it went as it went yeah and i think too it could have been like we're running out of budget yeah we're running out of time running out of fake blood but there's still a lot of stuff i want to do yeah 24 gallons 24 gallons of fake blood most of it was used in that final scene in the more in the morgue oh i imagine Mm -hmm. yeah that makes the most sense yeah Yeah, there's a lot of stuff and apparently he was really proud that they used 24 gallons (laughs) I mean, you know, fake I, blood, fake blood, fake blood. Of course, yeah. No, I see. I hear that stuff all the time where they use like a ridiculous amount of fake blood, and it's like it's hard to tell because a lot of like that stuff isn't really shown on. I like when I hear that, I expect like something from like how, scary movie where they're like vom like a vomit fountain of, blood. of fake blood. Well, I mean, the, the, and so that's kind of what I was waiting for, but it wasn't. It's just a lot of. Like uh, practical effects, like yeah, gore, gore and blood splatter. I mean, and then when uh, I hear that that was twenty four gallons, I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> how much? How much blood is spilled off camera though? True. Like that's like what? Like if something is is dripping blood, how much is actually to get that take? Yeah, that's so you know, true. That's where I think yeah, these things true. come in. Um, I mean, I'm ready to to drop a rating. I think so. A steaming hot rating. I've been really bouncing back and forth between okay. two numbers. All right. Well, so out of five glowing syringes, because like they were glowing green they were, syringes, they were gorgeous. They, they was yeah, very it was cool. Like it was like I found out what it was and I forgot already. It was something like antifreeze. It's like so, like something mechanical. Oh, with a, like a light in there? Or no, something? no. I don't think so. It, it was like a legitimate like. It looked it, like a glow stick. That's it, how it bright really it was. It really did look like a glow stick. Um, I'm going to give this a three okay. out of five. All right. Okay. I give it a three out of five, uh, mostly for the reasons I already said. Yeah. I think, you know, the acting, Jeffrey Combs is the standout, obviously. Oh, for sure. The first, like, half of the movie, uh, the gore-wise, it's, it, it had a, it was a little bit of a schmacting. It was a little cheesy. The gore effects were good. Uh, practical effects were really good. I think the scene with Megan, um, you know, I don't really want to say that, I feel like I'm looking at it too much from a modern mentality where, you know, movie, you know, shows like Game of Thrones and stuff that mm. used 
uh, rape and sexual assault as a plot device. Um, it really, it really, it really ground on me and really ticked me off. Uh, over time, I think this is of an era where sexual assault was used as a shock factor. Yes, I would agree with that. To re- yeah. like, it's like you know, it was of that mentality where do you want a guy to be a villain? Well, do you know how to make him a villain? Make rape. him rape someone. Yeah, rape. then he's a real villain. Like, yeah, and and that's that's kind of you know sometimes I'll talk to my parents and and you know we'll talk about movies from that time like death wish and stuff and like that was a common trope in those movies is like Mm -hmm. you know like last house on the left the original one yeah you know um those kind of thing i spit on your grave these kind of movies where you know a, a, a sexual assault is the beginning of the it's basically the reason of the film and I'm not a fan of that. No. I'm not a fan of that. It's not it's something... It's not necessary. I, I don't well, think so. Well, and especially in this. Like, there, it came so much out of left field. Yeah. That I was like, wh- wait, what's happening? Right. You know, like, it just... It did not add to the movie at all. Right. Especially because, like, spoilers, she dies. She does. Well, she dies and then she's reanimated. She's reanimated. And then the yeah. credits roll. Credits roll. So it's like, she has the worst night of her life. Yeah. It didn't develop her character at all. No. If anything, it drove her to insanity. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was totally pointless. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, obviously this director has had a predisposition to obscenity. <laughs> right? Maybe um, there was a scene between Peter Pan and Wendy, and that's why he got... Maybe. ...kicked out of... Hey. Or what, arrested. Arrested. Yeah, so I give it three out of five. That's <laughs> uh, where I'm... That's where I'm landing with that. I mean, I like it. I think yeah. I think it is definitely a cult movie. I think maybe if I was, you know, watching it with like a group of friends, it'd be different. Um, I really can't see any of our friends no, watching this with us. No way. But if I was like watching with a group of like, you know, cult movie enthusiasts, I would horror turn movie the mu- enthusiasts. I would turn the movie off during that scene and then give it five minutes and turn it back on. Wow. <laughs> it's like that. I'd be embarrassed to watch that with them. Well, if they were into Could that you imagine kind of, it, with like your parents? Oh god, I would never watch any movie ever. I'm just ever saying with my like nowadays. why is that the thing though? Why is that a thing? What? Like growing up as a kid, you always come into the room when your parents are watching some movie that has a sex scene. I watched uh I went to go see Titanic with my mom in the theater. <laughs> so you can only imagine how yes, awkward that, that scene was. Really I was like I wanted to melt into the chair and just die. <laughs> well, so that's how this this that scene was for like so awkward. But so anyway, what's your rating? So I'm bouncing back and forth, and to be honest, r- honestly, the numbers I'm bouncing between are three and four. Really? I know, right? I actually really enjoy this movie. Mm. I would t- I would watch it again, despite that scene. I would fast forward that scene, or I would just you know do the old classic hand in front of the eyes. Oh, okay, right. Um, but no, like. The entire movie, I really like it. Yeah. I really love the campiness of the movie. I like the um, I like the idea. I feel like it's very cerebral, mm-hmm. of like hero versus antihero versus versus villain. Right. And then like the whole god complex thing is like, is he a mad scientist or is he a genius? Like I love the the dichotomy of the whole movie. Mm. Um. But the reason I'm not sure if I want to give it a three or a four is because of that scene. It just seemed like literally that one. It really that scene, one scene was it enough just to had take it no out of point. It right. really didn't. Um, like I think I would never say this with any 
form of art to like edit art don't do it don't make an abridged version right if they were to make an abridged version of this movie that cut out just those five minutes or whatever i would purchase it just so that i could put it on for halloween you know what i mean right like i would love to just throw it on the tv and watch and not have to worry about five minutes of awkward weird yeah i feel like it was i feel like that scene was serving to just make it's just a shock Doctor Hill, a, a, a like a, a creepy, extra but he bad was guy? already a bad guy, like, like extra, extra bad yeah, guy. Yeah, he I was guess. already. Yeah, I guess. I guess you thought he was bad. No, he's worse. But honestly, I feel like he fe- he thinks he conquered death because he's literally a head. He's a head. You know, and now right. he's like figured out he can he can communicate telepathically, so right. he feels like a god now. So like. I think that's where maybe the argument is like, yeah, but he thinks he can um, overcome any human ever because he's risen above it. So right. I've always wanted to be with this girl. So now I'm gonna I do can because I'm, I'm God, yeah. man. Yeah. Yes. But he literally has to chain her down to do it. To do it. Obvi. He's a severed head. Yeah. <laughs> right. Obvi. I mean, yeah. He's like Belial. Oh, my God. <laughs> Belial. Will haunt your dreams forever. He will. Um, well, I mean, so yeah, reanimator, I think, I mean, I would watch again, would watch again for sure. Uh, I mean, I have watched again. Yeah. This was our second time. Yeah. So our next movie, we still have two more weeks. We have two more weeks left in October. We have the next movie, the next week, Halloween's on a Sunday this year. But I mean, it's close enough. Yeah. So Halloween, Halloween, uh, Weekend. Yeah. There we that go. Works, yeah. There you go. And so I'm still very close to making a final decision on what we want to do for the Halloween episode, but I've already decided what next week's Ooh. episode will be. Details, details. Next week's movie that we are going to talk and review is A Little Gem. <laughs> <laughs> a Little Gem. A Little Gem. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've heard of it. This is. Halloween 3, <laughs> Season of the Witch. Okay. If Now, I, I'm, if you listen to this podcast and you know a little bit about these kind of things, then obviously you know everything I'm about to say. <laughs> but Halloween 1 and 2, John Carpenter Films, Halloween 3... Was when the movies kind of, the movie kind of took a turn and they wanted to change it from being just a slasher movie about a character named Michael Myers and they wanted to change it into like a Halloween anthology series that things take place scary things take place on Halloween. All right. Well, uh, I'm open. the the that formula didn't work and Halloween three season of the witch which was a completely different storyline, completely different plot, had none of the same returning characters, was a huge box office flop. So because of that, after that, they went to Halloween 4 and said, psych, and they're just back kidding, to back to Michael Myers. <laughs> and then so now... So 3 is kind of just three a standalone thing. 3 is just thing. its own standalone thing. Yeah. And it's very odd. It's very weird. I don't know why they ever came up with a sequel for it or <sighs> did something to explain or rectify what was going on. But it's just like the Star Wars Episode 2, Attack oh. of the Clones. <laughs> We just act like it doesn't exist, oh and we just keep God. rolling. We just just look away and just keep going. Um, so that being said, <laughs> next week, Halloween 3, Season of 
the witch. I'm excited. Yes. No, I mean... Uh, maybe it's not a good first Halloween for me to watch, but... No. No, it's totally <laughs> different. It's a totally different thing. Okay. Yeah. So, that being said, um, thank you for tuning in for our listeners. Mm-hmm. This is Mikey. And Carly. And this has been the Midnight Picture Show. I'm trying to be... Herbert, but that oh, no, I forgot I the voice he did. No one can be that. This is the midnight picture. No, I you can't. No one can do it. No. Damn it. <laughs>